Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Lauren O'Sullivan, a former head of marketing who retrained as a psychotherapist who now combines the two as a business coach. Although putting a name to that combination is something that Lauren's been struggling with. We talk about giving yourself a job title in this episode, as well as structuring what you do as a product or package and dig deep into ways of communicating online. So by creating content that models the experience, focusing on the end result and showing up comfortably and valuably on Instagram. There's loads in here, particularly if you have a coaching business. So let's jump in. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on today to be the first coaching episode of a whole new decade. I know. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm really privileged to be your first guest this year. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things, isn't it, with New Year stuff? It's like, how long can you go carry on with carry the whole on. New Year? <laughs> At least to the end of January. We've got another few weeks, I think. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that was the thing because we're recording this the week before it goes out, I think. So I was like, oh, God, it's going to be even later into the New Year now. <laughs> but yes. So let's get into it. So, for anybody who might not know you, can you please share a little bit about your story and what you do and how your business came to be? Yeah, sure. Okay, so my name's Lauren O'Sullivan and I'm currently working as um, a business coach stroke therapist. And I suppose my story really started thinking about it actually probably about five years ago now in 2015. So I've always worked in marketing. I've always worked in fashion marketing at quite a senior level. And five years ago, I was working for a retailer largely in the US. So I was in New York, in LA quite a lot. Really exciting thing to do in my early 20s, doing all different kinds of campaigns over there. But I think there was something in me, even in that time, that started to fall out of love with that industry. So I've always worked in fast fashion as well, which always sat quite uncomfortably with me. But as I, as I got a bit older, that started to jar even more. But it was in 2015, I actually lost the job that I was doing. I got made redundant. And I think that was just looking back now, that pivotal moment where things just snowballed from there. I went into jobs that I was really, really unhappy in. And I think, I know you've worked in marketing yourself, Kate, mm-hmm. and I've, I've kind of heard your experience, but the world of marketing particularly in the fashion industry in Manchester, I have to say, is really cutthroat. Everything was about targets. It was very, very pressured. People were very disposable within that environment and it just did not sit well with me at all. And I really felt like I fell out of love with marketing. That was kind of where I got to. So I was kind of approaching 30, really fell out of love with my job, a job that I'd loved at one point and been, you know, really happy doing and been successful doing but just didn't really know what was next. And I think that kicked off the process of self-discovery, really, going back into, you know, who am I? What what do I want to do? What do I want to be in the world? And really kind of going to that, that, you know, those deeper depths of trying to understand what it is that I wanted to do. 
And to cut long story short, really, I'd always wanted to work for myself. And I suppose a natural progression really was to go in into marketing consultancy, which I did. But still, that wasn't kind of giving me that reward that I wanted. It was still doing the same type of work that I'd been doing previously in the fashion industry. But through that, I'd kind of started to network, particularly in Manchester. I started running a women's networking group a couple of years ago in Manchester. And I met a lot of women that were setting up their own businesses. And I was giving them lots of advice about their marketing and and what they should be doing. But I started to see other people doing things in slightly different ways. So there were people that I saw through the women's group, people doing things on Instagram that I was quite interested in. And it was more focused on kind of that, I suppose, the mindset and focus on the person and that less on the marketing. So rather than giving people marketing advice, I wanted to be talking to people about them and what mattered Mm. to them. And I suppose pulling out their skills and their interests. And it was that point, really, I decided to completely pivot and retrain. So in, I think it was two years ago now, I started to retrain as a psychotherapist and really immersed myself in that process of of learning, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed, really getting into psychology, tapping into little bits of philosophy as well, and really enjoyed going back back to learning. And essentially, I qualified in summer last year as a, as a therapist. But it was then thinking about what I wanted to do with that qualification. And I think where, where I kind of came to last year really was I wanted to use that qualification to help the me five years ago when I was really, really stuck in a job and really, really unhappy and did not know how to get myself out of that situation. I couldn't see the wood for the trees I didn't know what to do to get myself out of that situation or where to, where to turn really and I remember being in a car park um I drove to the traffic center one day on my lunch in this terrible job that I hated and I was just crying on my lunch and I just didn't know what to do and that is the me that mm. I want to, I know that I'm not alone in that situation I know there are a lot of women who are in jobs that they're not particularly happy in or they have aspirations to do things that are more creative or mean something or want to express themselves through their work I think I think that's a really key point of what I want to try and achieve and that led me really to creating the idea for the business that I've got now which is it's a coaching business and probably this is a bit I want I want to chat to you today Hmm. a bit about again really is that I struggle to kind of articulate what it is that I want to do in a succinct way even in terms of what I want to call myself I call myself at the moment a business coach, but I'm not necessarily qualified as a business coach. I'm a therapist, but the business coach aspect very much comes from my um, solid background and experience in business and marketing. I've you know worked for 14 years at a really senior level within the marketing industry with big companies, but also with lots of smaller startup businesses as well. So it's something that I feel really confident and capable of doing. But it's how I package all that and put that Mm. together and get people to understand, I suppose, my experience, my skill and where I can help them. And I think that's the point I'm trying, I suppose, at at the moment where I'm trying to kind of pull all that together and and learn that for myself, really. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. And hearing you talk through that, it is almost like a, a sort of mirror image of my story in a lot of ways there's a lot of different things but like the a lot of similarities from feeling like you're in this job doing 
all this promotion and kind of feeling like you're doing more harm than good for the world and then also seeing other people doing things differently and it's interesting as well when you said that you thought that I don't want to do marketing I hate marketing because I quite often find with people that it's not the thing that you're doing it's the environment you're doing it in and I work I've worked with a lot of people who have circled back to what they were doing before via online shops or via a completely different service or something like that where they actually come all the way back around because they realise that the thing they loved it was just the way in which they were doing it and the people they were doing it for and the environment they were in didn't work so I think that's really interesting but yeah I really get where you're coming from on putting a label on it because especially in these new kind of industries there isn't a formula to follow it's not like you're a doctor or a lawyer or even you know I'm a head of marketing I'm a CRM manager like things like that where it's the labels are there and you just pluck one we do have to start creating our own and that that can be almost a little bit too much choice I think and you become really really hyphenated towards the end I'm a coach come therapist come marketer come <laughs> yeah and it and you don't want to come across as that you kind of almost like jack of all trades spreading your bets because that's I suppose what I'm a little bit conscious of and it's not that at all I suppose what drives me is the idea behind me rather Mm. than the label and it's almost like the label like either constrains that or you end up with this convoluted like you said hyphenated job title that doesn't really mean anything to people. Yeah so I'm thinking that what I would do is to, to start from that idea rather than start from the external here are all the things I have and how can I make something out of this it's actually like what's the difference I make and therefore how can I put a word to that rather than try to make a word out of all the other job titles that I cover does that make sense yeah no it does yeah it does yeah so that might be something like maybe the core of it is that by mixing the therapy and the marketing and all the other things it's about getting a level deeper and having people it's kind of almost like a one-stop shop that you know they, yeah. they can talk to somebody who actually like really gets the the pressures that they're under because they've been under them too and they can understand the language and all that sort of thing people don't have to come to a session and actually explain the ins and outs of the problem before actually getting into the deep stuff so they can cut right through and underneath it all to the to the actual heart of it and also there is that support where there is support in terms of how to market your business but also all the stuff that comes up with that with the confidence and can I do this and actually it's all there all wrapped into one so to think about that as the product and to name that product rather than name yourself that's really interesting actually and I think thinking a bit like that I think just using that word product as well and thinking a bit of the product or the service that I'm offering rather than labeling myself mm-hmm. maybe um I suppose that just switches that a little bit in my mind in terms of what that could potentially look like, I suppose. Mm. Because the job title itself is sort of meaningless to people because they kind of don't care what you're called. They care what you can do for them. Sure, yeah. And so to always keep that at the fore, because especially when there are lots of different types of coaches and business support and things like that, you need it needs to be in about sort of five minutes or five seconds even of you know they've got 
10 different coaches' websites opens on all these tabs and they need to click through and be like, okay, that's what this person can give me. That's what that person can give me. That's what that person can give me. And so to have what you can give right at the forefront just means that you're not being skipped over when you're being kind of, when people are making that decision. Yeah. And I think that's what I think, I think it's really, I think you start really right with that. And I think that's what I'm not doing well enough, I think, at the moment. When when I'm with somebody and I can speak to them one-on-one, face-to-face, or I'm explaining to a friend or, you know, probably even on this podcast trying to explain what I do, I find it quite easy to do it because it's something that comes from me. It's something that I'm really passionate about. It's something that's really evolved over the past five years. So it's, it, it does feel really tangible to me. But I think as soon as I try to consolidate that online even whether that be through my website my blogs or you know particularly Instagram that's my real big blocker at the moment it's how how then I transition and and communicate that that I just don't think because like you've just said somebody's got to know instantly what it is that you stand for and I don't think people do with me at all at the moment so yeah I suppose that that's another challenge really as well yeah, that's interesting. So when you approach, so we're what we're talking about here is there's the two different things. So in terms of things like what I call business development, so one-to-one having a sales call with someone or a meeting with someone, like you've got that down because you possibly, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe that just communicating verbally is more your comfort zone than other types of communication. Yeah, I think so. And I think because I retrained as a therapist and because I've probably done over 200 hours, really, maybe even more obsessions with people over the past 18 months, like you said, that kind of that one to one process or explaining or talking to somebody one on one, I feel is a lot easier. Mm. And actually just thinking this through now, I think maybe that's because it's just one on one. So I feel less conscious and I think there's still something in my mind that holds me back doing that to a wider audience at the moment because I don't really I don't really know why yeah. that is really I think I'm just con- I'm conscious maybe of what what people think or what people want and it's easier for me to do that on one on one whereas I feel I yeah. suppose challenged by doing it to a wider audience no it makes perfect sense because when you're talking one-on-one that you can react to what the other person needs and you can read their cues and you can adjust what you're saying for what they need whereas when you're doing more sort of broadcast marketing you have this sort of faceless mass of people kind of like in an auditorium if you're stood on the stage and you've got all the lights in your eyes and you just can feel people there but you can't really see them that it's really hard that you're there delivering this monologue and sort of not being able to see what's coming back from it and it can be really hard to yeah to and you start to overthink it then as well so you've got this big faceless mass and you're thinking well what do they want do they want this and then you start to just get really into a kind of um yeah into a bit of a stew about it really yeah um, 100% and I definitely do overthink it I think that is probably one of the main challenges sometimes it's probably easy just to just get on and get stuff done but I, I will overthink things and that sometimes really stops me actually doing the work and and getting on with it really mm. so when you are sitting down to write an Instagram caption or a blog post or you've got to write a piece of copy how do you approach that what do you have in place to kind of help you do that or do you kind of start it afresh every time 
Um, so I tried to employ some of my old, because obviously marketing was what I used to do in my old job. So I tried to apply some of, some of that, but it doesn't necessarily work on this level for me at the moment because of some of those reasons we've just we've just talked about. The blog I've started before Christmas, I was, I was struggling with that. But what I've done post-Christmas, sorry, was just to really brainstorm because I didn't really know what kind of things people would find interesting or of value so I didn't know whether to do straight up kind of like marketing how-to type things which feel a little bit dry but are maybe going to be helpful to people or more personal things or perhaps things that are more mindset related and I think once I get into this I may be getting a loop of maybe there being too much and not really knowing which bits to pick mm. out and where to start because I can even think now well I'm just talking to you well I could do this and I could do this and I could yeah. do, and it just then it just well what do I start with yeah it, it's a too many options <laughs> issue yeah. and also I, I really get what you uh say when you're like I did this for a job I should know because but uh, in reality like I did it for a job uh, but all the stuff that I I don't use anything that I learned in my old jobs. It's all stuff that's kind of come up because it's such a different beast. But what I think is the key here is that you're almost doing it the wrong way around. So you're thinking of what is the style of content I can do rather than where is my uniqueness, my difference, where I can provide the most value and how is the best way to communicate that. Okay, yeah, yeah. So to really start Again, with that sort of product, your why, what you can give, what's what's in it for other people, essentially, because that's all they're really interested in. And then what's the best way to communicate that? Because, for example, with how-to content, I think that a couple of years ago, that's a really good way to go. But now there is, like, there's just been so much how-to content. You know, there's hundreds of millions of how to write a blog post things on Pinterest and stuff like that, that A, you're just getting lost and B, it's not really the way that you're going to be able to show how good you are and how and what's different about what you do. Whereas if you're writing something which is, say, rather than how to write a blog post, it's overcoming your confidence issues with writing, that's something that you can bring in your psychotherapy training and your own experience and things that other people have struggled with and it becomes a lot more well-rounded it's a lot more specific to the problem that the person you can help has and it shows what's different about you rather than just you know a five-step list yeah no definitely and I think you saying that has probably articulated that underlying concern that I've probably had with some of holding my back myself back from doing some of that content because like you said that kind of cold marketing how-to it's not really saying anything about all those things I said to you in the beginning about what I was about and why I was doing it so I suppose would you say then I suppose it's thinking about the type of person that I want to help and thinking what they I suppose what they want to hear from from Mm -hmm. me and put maybe putting them first and thinking of it that way yeah and and I think that it's there's not always a whole lot of difference between what you want to say and what people want to hear. It's just the way in which you do it because you want to say how you can help people and people want to be helped. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. just the way in which that exchange happens. So it's rather than kind of just not really giving too much and 
only talking about your service and things like that, that's not really going to do it. But a really specific detail or a much broader overview of a subject, give somebody something to work with and run with and then want to come back for more. Mm, no, that makes sense. And that applies across across everything, whether it's your Instagram, whether it's your blog or your podcast or your emails, all those sorts of things. It's always starting with what does the what's going to be something interesting that the other person's going to want to hear because ultimately that's it's got to be interesting to keep and hold their attention and that's what we have to be really thinking of is is this going to be interesting enough for somebody to spend 30 seconds on it like well they're the kind of time scales we're dealing with and you probably know from fast fashion it was probably even less than that it was like one second in a scroll yeah yeah no that that makes sense And I suppose I think what I've been trying to do more post Christmas is really kind of get back in touch with how I was feeling at that time, four or five years ago, and think about what are the what are the things that would have helped me at the time? What are those little threads of information or little things that would have kind of set me onto this path either quicker or easier or would have just made me feel kind of like less alone with it, I suppose, as well. Mm. And that's so important. I think it's very often in any type of business that you start, you start it because it was something that you wanted and you couldn't find. But especially with a kind of coaching business, it often does come from a problem that you had in the past and now you want to help other people do it. So to use yourself as a kind of target customer avatar is really useful to think about, well, what did I need to hear? What is something that catches my attention? And because that's going to be pretty much the same for the sort of people that I want to work with yeah yeah definitely yeah so we've talked about kind of putting a name to it and then also getting the message out there and I think it's it's really key to like I said start from what you're actually your zone of genius is and let it emanate out from there rather than try to apply things externally onto that in terms of what you actually do and your service and your offering how are you feeling about that I think so so I suppose the actual sessions that I do I'm really comfortable with and I get really great feedback and I see my clients making progress so that's that's really positive I suppose packaging that offering together and how it looks is something that I'm probably starting to think about now because what I did initially was lead on really from what I've been doing with the psychotherapy, which was just charging almost like pay-as-you-go sessions, really. Mm. So now I charge by by the hour, basically, right. or people can get a little bit of a discount if they book four sessions, which is essentially like a month's worth of um, of coaching, or they can you know take that over a longer period. And I do that as like a general; it's like a general offering. So I've just started to think about, and it's made me really think actually our conversation, you know, whether tailoring that into some kind of package, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I suppose I'm just kind of at the early stages of thinking about that really. Yeah, yeah, That I, I think this is a very, this is something, it's always a crucial tipping point where you go from selling your time to selling a service. And I think we're used to from employment and obviously I know that psychotherapy and things like that do work on a slightly different model so the question really is is the way the kind of pay per session structure the best way for you to help somebody make that impact that they want and make the change that they want I think 
so most people that have worked with me have stuck with me over a specific like a longer period of time so one of my clients who I first started doing this I've been seeing her for a year now and we've been been working on various different things from start to finish so people have stuck with me so I know it's beneficial but I suppose the reason I started doing it was because I didn't feel confident in offering I suppose a longer term package at a higher cost I felt that would be a barrier or maybe because I was new it would be more difficult to get that trust with people to get them to take that leap and invest in working with me it seemed I suppose easier selling or just dipping Mm. my toe in the water and not having to I suppose get people to commit but you know I've not I've got a handful of clients and I I've definitely not got enough clients and I you know I suppose the pay-as-you-go model isn't getting floods of people in so it's not necessarily it's not necessarily doing that intention mm. anyway it, it's so six of one half done the other because I get the the logic behind oh if it's just if they can pay as they go then there's not so much commitment whereas on the other side it's actually well if I'm paying as I'm going what if I need to go for like three years that's gonna end up being really expensive and that might maybe actually having a timeline on it gives people more clarity over like right this is what I've got to invest and this is what I'm going to get out of it and it helps with their planning a bit as well definitely because most people that I work with they usually come with something specific in mind so like a website launch that's what I work a lot or somebody that's kind of got an idea for something but don't know those first couple of steps to take or and and something like that can usually be resolved in like I suppose depending on the person four to six sessions something like that we can make good progress and I can be happy with the progress they can be happy with the progress within um that kind of time frame so I suppose I've kind of learned that through the experience of what I've done the past Mm. year it sounds a little bit like you sort of work in packages in your head just not on paper yeah 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 and again I suppose that's a barrier to people knowing what I actually do as well which I've probably not really thought about until Mm. we've had this this conversation depending on where people are in their journey whether like I said whether they're in you know a full-time day job or whether they've got an idea or whether actually they've got a business and they want to to grow it there is different things that I would do and in my mind I know when I speak to that client for the first time I kind of assess where they're up to and where I will be able to help them but just telling you that now I realize I've not putting any of that on my website Mm. or I'm not kind of yeah shouting about that at all so I suppose there's, there's there's almost like three different approaches that I would probably take that you know a lot of overlap there but there's three kind of distinct types of people that I work with and different things that I I would do with them. Yeah and I think it's um, very similar to a lot of people it's kind of like you've got an overarching approach which is and how you work with everyone but the way the approach is applied is different from circumstance to circumstance and it sounds a little bit like you have started to find that somebody who already has a business likes to come on a very project basis and it's probably a lot more practical and that can get done in six sessions whereas somebody who is just crying in the car park (laughs) at that stage still they probably need six months because it's going to take longer to build things up so there's two packages already so it's it's always about thinking what that person really needs and and that's the thing with the package like the the 
pay-as-you-go model is fine if you're very general, which is, and why that works for therapy, because people come and get therapy on a pay-as-you-go basis because they you don't want to package that up. There isn't really an endpoint. The endpoint is like when they're ready. Whereas with this kind of thing, people want to feel like, okay, well, I can work on my website for the next month and a half and then it's done because I can't be working on it indefinitely. So for you to be promoting that as a package means that you're kind of taking the lead on it and they can kind of feel like, okay, right, I don't need to, this is one less thing for me to think about. She's got it taken care of. I can trust that she's done this before with lots of other people. That's how long it's going to take. I feel good about that timeline and and I can slot into that. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I think that's something that I felt not scared of in the past, but maybe just that's felt quite a big thing to do, you know, because obviously, like I've seen the stuff that you do, Kate, which is absolutely brilliant. And you've got these packages and you've got this experience. Maybe it's because I felt like I didn't have the experience, but probably I'm getting to that point now where I feel like I do a little bit more. And I think working on a project basis probably works better for my clients. And I think what you've just said is really interesting that they it works better because they're going to understand more what they're actually going to get and what the end is going to look like Mm. and and I work better on a project basis as well I think everybody just does don't they when they've kind of got a goal in mind and they're working towards something specific so yeah I I think it probably I've not felt ready for that previously but probably that feels like a good like that feels Mm. good to do that yeah but and because people you know they sort of are buying the process but really they're buying an end result Yes, yeah. And it was probably the case that before now you weren't really 100% sure what that end result was going to be for people, uh, and at least not enough to kind of nail your colours to the mast on it and say, this is 100% what you're going to get from working with me. But you've had enough experience of working with people now to sort of already know, okay, well, this is going to be the end result. And it has been the end result for quite a few people. And I... I know that if we spend these six sessions, they're going to have a website at the end of it. So it, then you can begin to to package that up in a way that you can stand behind your promise a little bit more and really kind of keep focused on that on that end result. And And the same is true whether in the future you start to create courses or workshops or anything else. It's starting with where is somebody now and where do they want to get to? And then you just have to fill in the steps in between. The where they want to get to is what they're actually buying and the steps, yeah, the steps are what you're selling and the end result is what they're buying. That's what they want, yeah. And maybe I I just think, now thinking about it, having had this conversation with you, I don't think there's enough focus on that end result in terms of what I'm like particularly communicating on, on my website. And that's definitely something I can look at because I've had the results with people now and I can feel confident in what I can offer, but I just need to be clearer in that so people do know what they're signing up for and 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 yeah, hopefully have, have some trust in that commitment, I think. Yeah, and I think that it probably is, again, a little bit of the, the therapy background of not wanting to lead people to a conclusion too much. Um, yes, that is very true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving things quite open for people to sort of write their own story within it. But it's different people for different contexts. So, you know, if you were taking on, maybe if you're, you're creating a package which is more weighted towards the therapy side than the marketing side, 
You might approach it more like that. Whereas a package which is a uh, get stuff done in your business package, people they don't they don't need the openness that they've probably got too much openness and they actually need a little bit more of I just need somebody to tell me what to do and help me. <laughs> so it's really thinking about what is it that person needs and not worrying too much about the sort of inverted commas right thing to do because especially within coaching and and this sort of space there are a lot of people with a lot of strong opinions on what is the right and wrong thing to do and who can and can't call themselves a coach and what qualification you have to have or not have and all that sort of thing whereas actually experience of and I don't want to say experience of doing it is more important because it's not because you can be a great coach even if you've never coached anyone before you just you've got a natural inclination for it but that it all operates on a spectrum and something that you do can be great for someone even if you don't have a qualification or anything like that so I think that it's kind of owning yourself and what you do and believing in your what you can help people with and not kind of worrying about the rules outside of that because the opportunity here is to make something completely different that's outside of any box and we can continue to unravel out of the boxes but as long as people are being helped that's the main thing that's definitely right and I think that's what's given me more confidence over recent months is just like I said that you know the feedback that I get and the results from my clients and if I can kind of document that a bit more in some kind of way and present that I think that will give people a better idea of what that service is and how I can help help them ultimately because it isn't like that's like you said that's what it's about it's about helping people and and how you help them mm-hmm. and yeah I'm probably thinking now this this conversation is making me think quite a lot really in terms of okay, my brain tends to do this quite a lot it's kind of like you know what you do but because you're knowledgeable in what you do i.e therapy marketing or whatever it is your brain skips over it because it becomes wallpaper to you so it's just really interesting chatting to you and just kind of bouncing these ideas off and and hearing this back because there are probably a lot of gaps really that i've not filled in that yeah i'm I'm already getting a lot of ideas that's great good and i think uh, a last thing on the content thing actually just came into my head is is to model what you do because that's why people come to me because through my content they can see the way that I approach things they can see the way that I think they can see my thought processes and they think oh yes that's that makes sense to me too I could work with her or I could take her course because the way she thinks about these things fits with how I think about them like nobody's ever asked me what my qualifications are (laughs) right they just because they can see it in action and that's what's more important because you can see the actual proof rather than Uh, a line on the website that says you've got x and y qualification so to think about the work that you do with clients and being really conscious of it when you're doing things and when somebody has a breakthrough moment to actually go back in your mind and be like what were the steps we did to get to that point and how can I demonstrate that through content in a way that people can have that aha moment experience just maybe on a slightly uh, smaller level yeah no that that's really interesting actually and it is still like how do I communicate that particularly like through Instagram and things because I think you I look at your Instagram and I I love the way that you do it because I think what I'm really conscious of particularly as a coach which you're probably aware of as well is it's so easy to come across as like preach your Mm -hmm. I know better than you and or like that whole cheesy cliche thing it's just 
it's you almost like not catch yourself doing it but I think you just all I don't want to go down that route at all and you look at a lot of coaching accounts and particularly a lot of text-based ones and you know they're the ones that are getting that message across quickly and easy but that just doesn't I've thought about it and it'd probably be an easy thing to do but it just doesn't feel right for me and I see the way that you do it and I think that works really really well but I suppose I've not just found my own way yet of kind of tapping tapping into that and I suppose speaking with my own voice online I think that's what I'm struggling to do just just Mm. yet yeah I I I'm kind of glad that you've backed away from when you say the text-based ones I guess you mean the ones that post pictures of text yes yeah because yeah. I th- I do feel like I think they're really good and they obviously are working for people but I d- it does feel like a little bit of a trend yeah that will that will eventually crest um and it's just another place that will be oversaturated and actually you can make less impact with a picture of text than a photograph that feels like you but then in terms of captions the way that I approach them is very very occasionally will I plan what I'm going to say before like very rarely do I do that because because I want to be in the spirit of the platform yeah it's Instagram it's not Insta anymore but that is the spirit of the platform is that it's not it's not a blog where you write it all out perfectly and then edit it and post it. It's a more instant social community feel. So generally what I do is I'll just go to write the caption and I'll just think, I might have an, a sort of idea, but I'll think, what what do I want to say to people today? Mm. Or what do, what's on my mind right now? What do I want what do I want to say to people right now? And something will usually come and that means that it also sounds more like you because you're you're talking it you know you're kind of typing it out it's not all pre-planned and so that might be something you could do maybe just record what you want to say and then type it out like transcribe it so that it does sound more like you've talked it out that's so interesting because I've almost like been like I've been trying to like plan my content out particularly for like January in advance and just really beating myself up that it's like a challenge to to do that because it just doesn't I don't know like it just doesn't feel natural really but I would have assumed that you would have perhaps planned that out so it's really good to know almost that you Mm. kind of do that off the cuff and maybe that is a way that um I mean a lot of the stuff I kind of do not necessarily off the cuff but I'm not that advanced in my planning at the moment I've been trying to get further ahead with my planning just so that I'm not kind of so I can be more frequent in my posting and what it is that I'm doing but yeah it's still something that I'm very kind of much wading through the water of at the moment Mm. just trying to figure out where I sit in that landscape yeah what I do do is I have a running list in the notes app on my phone of just ideas so it'll be something that will pop into my head and what I'm looking at is things like I've got oh no that's the wrong list I've got lots of lists on my <laughs> on my phone so I've got a stories and captions one and like so one is like a hundred day project ideas or the first pancake which I actually have already posted about oh I and... loved that one that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. wow. um, really resonated and things like creating a separate inbox for newsletters so I've just got and that's as far it's like three words and obviously I'll make three paragraphs out of it, but it's just to kind of, when I sit there and I'm like, oh, I actually don't know what I'm going to say today. I have a little prompt that I can give myself, but I do try to let it flow a little bit. And I think the most important thing though is making sure that you get it done. Mm. So 
with the planning and stuff like that, I do plan things in. I Again, when I'm planning my blog posts, the plan is like it's a four word idea that I'm going to post on that day. And then I build it up when I actually sit down to write it. Um, you might need a little bit more detail to help you actually get it done. That might not be enough. So that's the way to do it is to just make sure that what you're putting in place for your stuff means that you are getting it done as, you know, painlessly as possible. Um, but rather than worry too much about my planning needs to be more advanced, it's my planning needs to get stuff done. Yeah, that's so true, actually. Yeah. And not worried that you've not got a month's worth of a plan. It yeah. doesn't actually really matter, does it, as long as you're doing it? No, I very rarely plan more than a month and a half in advance just because like, I don't know, like at the end of February, in two months' time, I don't things are going to be completely different. So I can't plan something now to write then that's going to be like not in tune with my life. So I try to make sure I've got something for the month that I'm in so I know, okay, well, next week I'm just going to write this, but not too far ahead because f- for me, the way that I'm approaching content now is keeping it a lot more truthful to what's going on at that time in my life because that is something that people resonate with me with and that's a way that I stand out because it's about sharing the behind the scenes a little bit more and that sort of thing that's where I that's how I model what I do because I'm sharing behind the scenes of how I'm running my business so people can kind of see it and think oh yeah I'd like a bit of that so that's why I'm trying not to plan too far and a half in advance because that definitely makes you stand out in terms of like connecting with you online I think you really stand out for doing that because you just hit it in the right way where you can talk openly about what you're doing without it feeling self-indulgent or you know kind of it just gives enough of a glimpse into your life and how you run your business and that is what certainly I connect with anyway Mm. that's probably something I've probably I don't know maybe again still probably feels a bit uncomfortable for me in terms of just knowing how much to share or what to share that kind of thing so again it's probably thinking about how I could take some of that and utilize that for myself online Mm. maybe still feels a little bit uncomfortable maybe I'm not sure you know and what's really interesting is that I still feel a little bit uncomfortable around it in terms of oh I'm just talking about myself nobody's gonna care but what I started to realize was the people that I gravitated to the most, the stories, the people whose stories I watched every single day, people whose content I most engaged with were the ones that were sharing what they were doing every day. (laughs) But the ones that just talked about what their to-do list was and a problem they'd overcome, all that sort of thing. That was what I was most interested in. So that's why I think because we're in it and we're seeing everything we're putting out, you're like, oh my God, I'm just talking about myself the whole time. (laughs) Whereas actually, if you start to pay attention to the stuff that you like, you can start to see, oh, actually, I don't think badly of this person for talking about themselves. I actually enjoy them talking about themselves. I like hearing their stories and their perspectives. So that's just something to to think about when you are starting to overthink content and sort of think, oh, this is too this, too that. Just take a step back and think, oh, well, so-and-so is somebody who I always watch her stories. I always read her blogs. Actually, these are the elements I like about her content. So it's okay that they're in mine. 
Yeah, you're so right. You're, def- you're definitely right with that because those are absolutely the ones that I enjoy the most. Like, like I said, particularly yours, and you know, I'm thinking of other people that I really enjoy watching and listening to and and hearing what they've got to say. It's because they put a lot of themselves into that that content. Yeah, and that's the thing. We're all so so worried to take up space and to talk about ourselves, and but that's what we love hearing about other people and the last thing really is it's the the spirit in which it's shared I think is so important and it's such an elusive thing an intangible thing that you can't put your finger on but you can just tell when somebody's sharing something because they want to be making a noise and when somebody's sharing something in the spirit of sharing and community and so as long as you are approaching what you're sharing with that spirit of this is something I want to share with the world and it's going to be, it's going to help people and, or it might just give them a laugh. That really comes across in a way that you you can't fake. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Because you can see that, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Also, also just a quick question with, I suppose, with the imagery for Instagram as well, because again, I really like the imagery that you use. I think what was important for me, because part of my process is really kind of going into somebody and understanding themselves and being able to express them themselves visually you know as well as kind of verbally and what it is they want to do in the world it was important to me that my Instagram represented me and I suppose my personality but because of that a lot of the imagery is really relevant to what I'm like talking about so you know, I might have posted a picture in my house or some, you know, somewhere I've been at the weekend, but it's it's completely irrelevant to what. And I sometimes, you know, when then you go to go to sit and write the caption, it seems to feel like it really jars. I was just wondering if you had any advice on that. Um, I never talk about what's in the picture. No, and yours works really well. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of how maybe I approach Instagram generally is that I do tend to see the caption, the picture is pretty separate. Like when I'm in- engaging with other people's stuff, I don't think, oh God, that caption has nothing to do with the picture. Like I, I kind of don't see it like that. Probably in certain uh, spheres on Instagram I'm thinking maybe in art spheres and things like that that might be slightly different but I don't yeah I just I th- yeah it's for me they're doing different jobs um, especially with the kind of imagery that I post and the imagery that you post the image is there to create a feeling and the caption is there to give something a bit of insight or it's there so they're two parts of a whole so even though you're not describing the picture in the caption, the, the picture is still creating a feeling that they can have while they're reading the caption. Does that make sense? That is so helpful. And that is so, I almost like needed somebody to give me that permission. To say, <laughs> like, that's okay to, to do that. Because I think as well, because I used to manage Instagram accounts, like huge businesses, and it was all really kind of like sell, sell, sell focus and, mm. you know, in fashion, you know, 100% had to kind of like, that was what we did. It had to match up. But I think it's been in my mind that, you know, like you said, I think what you've just said there really resonates that it creates a feel. And I think that's where people connect with the image, connect with you and I suppose a bit like your personality and, and who you are a little bit through the image. And then you give the value underneath. But it was something I struggled with. But I'm going to take that Kate's permission now <laughs> that I don't, to put that to the back of my mind and not to worry about that. So that is definitely helpful. Good. and I was thinking as well that you you know in magazines where they have the feature 
section. Like they always put a random stock image with that that just sets the tone. So it might be like how to be more happy and it's somebody in a field of flowers. Like it's not it's not a graph or whatever of demonstrating how to be happy. It's it's creating that tone and that feel to set you up for reading the content in the right sort of headspace. Yeah, no, that's really, really interesting and very helpful. And I think that is, I think that comes back to the way you want to use Instagram as well. And a phrase that you used before about, um, I can't remember what it was actually, but being in the nature of Instagram or Mm, being in the spirit of the spirit of Instagram. I think that really resonates with that. So I, I will definitely take that away. Good. (laughs) so hopefully you've got some ideas popping in now and a little bit more kind of um boundaries around things and I think that's the thing when you've got too many options I could do all these sorts of things you've got to define your own boundaries of this is what I use Instagram for this is what my blog is for and here are the kind of the rules that I use and when I say rules I mean like I talk about this kind of topic and I post this kind of picture <laughs> um, just to sort of stop it being, you've got to give yourself something to stop it being all the options in the whole wide world that you could possibly talk about and give yourself just a little bit of a a channel to work in. Yeah, no, that all makes sense. Uh, that That's really, really helped and it's given me so many ideas. I think particularly about like not worrying about the label, I think particularly about my offering and that service and being able to package that and put that together I think that's definitely a takeaway that I'm going to go away and put into action ASAP really because just from chatting to you now um I can see really that that's a piece a piece I'm missing good <laughs> thank you so much Kate no. that's really helpful. Well, I've got one last question for you which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life oh so, th- so this is, I suppose this is um I suppose my answer to that would probably be that I am still on a process with that. But that is absolutely what, going back to the start of my story, was missing in my work and in my life. There was that soul missing. It was completely soulless, the industry that I was working in. So I suppose the work that I'm doing is now really about trying to bring that back into my life, really, and to be doing something that I really care about and that I'm really passionate about and wanting to put myself into something as well and to create something and to help make changes. So I suppose that's what it it means to me, but it's still a, it's still an ongoing mm. process, shall we say. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it, yeah, that's really good. I'm really honest. <laughs> <laughs> so Lauren, if people want to come and connect with you or see what packages that you come up with off the back of this episode, <laughs> where can they come and find and connect with you? Yeah, so the main place really is um, I'm always on Instagram um, and my handle on there is lauren.osullivan underscore and I've also got my website as well, which is laurenosullivan.com. Perfect. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. Lovely to chat to you. For those of you with a coaching, teaching or mentoring business, here is your last call for the playbook as we start on Monday the 20th of January. If you're feeling crowded out and like you're not really holding on to the reins of your business and at times like it's running away with you, the playbook is to help you settle things down, shine your light and take back control. In it, I'm sharing all the techniques I use in my business to stand out in a crowded market, to make sales, how I create courses and new offerings, how I plan and strategize for the day-to-day and the future of my business and generally grow a business that feels like me. 
We have a wonderful international group already formed and eager to get going. So go to simpleasseason.com forward slash the playbook to find out more and join us. Any links we mentioned in this episode will be on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Lauren on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at lauren.osullivan underscore. As always, if you think you have a friend who'd really benefit from listening to this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening and tag me online too. Until next time, I hope you grow a soul. <laughs>